There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Here on Thursday's podcast, I want to return to Psalm 51. Again, we're talking about a Psalm of David. We're talking about a man after God's own heart, but David has been found in sin. And Nathan the prophet has come and told David of his sin. The introduction to the psalm says to the chief musician, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came unto him after he had gone in to Bathsheba, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. The word of God says this, blot out my transgressions, Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. I want to say in the opening part of the podcast, I'd like to look at this angle today with the Lord's help, but I want to look at the effects of the mercy of God. What does the mercy of God avail us? What does the mercy of God do for us? You and I cannot understand the multitude of his tender mercies, but David touches some of the very finer points of the mercies of God when he is seeking God's cleansing, is seeking God to wash him, is seeking God's forgiveness, David touches some of those fine points of the mercies of God. And for he says this, wash me throughly from mine iniquity. Lord, just don't wash me externally. Wash me from within to without. This is not a thorough scrubbing. No, this is a matter of getting in the right place to clean. A thorough cleansing. Listen, a thorough cleansing is fine. You say, I want you to clean my house thoroughly. Well, my clean and your clean may be different. Your clean probably is stronger than what my clean is. But it's not a matter of getting completely clean. It's a matter of getting the right place clean. And if you overlook that one thing, you've not thoroughly cleaned. You've not gone from within and come to without. You've not started at the very inward parts and worked your way out. He's looking for a thorough cleansing. And I know the word today has changed so many places, even in many modern King James Bible printers, they change that word to thoroughly. But no, the word is throughly. The word of God wants us to be cleansed in our soul, in our spirit, in our body, in our heart, in our mind. There's so many things where God is trying to cleanse us. And David is touching them with the mercy of God when he says, wash me throughly from mine iniquity, my lawlessness, that thing I've done without God. That thing where I've twisted the law of God and tried to make it a law unto itself. And one of the ways that you can examine your own heart is when you find yourself taking the law of God and finding ways around the law of God to skirt the law of God. Those things are iniquities to us. And by the way, men are always looking for ways around the law of God. They're looking for the legalities of the law of God. And I remember as a boy, and I remember even in Christian school, they would measure certain clothing items. 
and make sure that they were within an inch or two inches of the threshold of the church. The school would establish the threshold based on the rules of the church that ran the school. And girls would come in there and they'd be borderline that have to be examined, that have to be measured, and that have certain qualifications, how they would measure and why they would measure. And then the girl could be sent home if she didn't meet that qualification. And so many times the young ladies, the parents would be upset with the school and I remember even as a boy thinking, well, it's their rule. It's their law. They're the ones that established this law. The lawbreaker is the one that's guilty. Why would you even skirt the law? Why would you even look around the issue of the law? Why would you try to push the law unless you're a rebel, unless there's iniquity in you? No, you don't try to just get around the bare minimums of the law or try to find a way around the law. No, you obey the law of God. And iniquity is found in you when you're lawless, when you will not be put under law. You will not be subject to the, the laws of God. And it becomes a lawless generation that we're in. And by the way, that's why America is in the mess we're in. We're in a lawless generation. Law means nothing. Law and the rule of law mean nothing to many people today. Why? Because they've been taught that the law was bad. The law was oppressive. The law is controlling. The law is demanding. Who is the law to rule over us? Who are these police to rule over us? Who are these judges to preside over us? And yet the system of law in the United States was based upon the very principles of the word of God. And we see law givers and we see law rulers and we see judges and we see all of these things according to the word of God. Why? That men won't be lawless. And when men are lawless, they come under the condemnation of the law. They come under the judgment of the law, oftentimes under the wrath of the law. And so David's saying, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity. I don't want there to be any lawlessness in me. I'm not going to skirt the laws of marriage to try to have an invalid marriage. I'm not going to try to skirt the laws of a relationship to be in fornication. I'm not going to skirt the laws to have bad business practice. And I'm not going to skirt the laws and try to twist the laws that, and, and, and risk ruining my testimony and ruining my name for monetary sake. Why? Because those things can become iniquity in a man. And God's trying to purge those things. So David said, Lord, would you purge me throughly? And then he said, cleanse me from my sin. Sin is the transgression of the law. And so we see, he said, purge me. I want to be clean. I want to be washed. He said, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. David is throwing himself at the mercy of God so that when God does judge, when God does reveal to David what his problem is, when the Lord speaks, he's justified. Why? Because that's the mercy of God. God's mercy is abounding. God's tender mercies abound to us. Though we take advantage of them, oftentimes I'd say I've even abused the mercy of God. I've gone too far to tempt God in his mercy, yet God is still merciful. It's who God is. It's the character of God to show mercy. And he said, behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. But I want to see what mercy has wrought in David. As he's thrown himself at the tender mercies of God. Verse 6 says, behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. And in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. God's mercy will make us to know wisdom. That truth in the inward parts, that love of the truth that Paul talked about inwardly, that love of the truth is 
sealed in the heart of the believer, that desire for truth, that love for truth, that acknowledgement of truth, that seeking for truth inwardly, it'll make us to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop. Oh, thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. That blood that was applied upon the doorpost and upon the lintel with that hyssop branch, that hyssop that we see at Calvary through the blood, that hyssop we see in the cleansing of the leper as he's bound to that cedar wood with that scarlet thread with that hyssop, and that, that bird is slain in an earthen vessel over running water, and then that live bird is bound with the hyssop, and that cedar wood, and he's dipped in that, in that running water, and the blood is applied upon the ear and upon the great right thumb and upon the great right toe of that leper, and it's for his cleansing. It's that day he's cleansed and he's washed and he's clean and he's no longer a leper. Why? Because the mercy of God has appeared to the leper. The mercy of God has come to that leprous man and he's no longer a leper. He's been made free in Jesus Christ. Thank God for that hyssop. Thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank God for his tender mercy through the blood of his son, who who bear our sins in his own body, he who bear our iniquity in his own body, was made sin to be us, for that knew no sin. And yet the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. Bless his holy name. He said, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. That's the mercy of God, that God would make us to be clean no longer an outcast, no longer filthy, no longer unclean, but rather to be clean through the blood of Jesus Christ. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. All the washing that comes from Jesus Christ, the cleansing that comes only from Jesus Christ. Isaiah said on this wise in chapter one and verse 18, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they should be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. I'm glad that my sins, which were scarlet, have been made white as snow through Jesus Christ. I'm glad the mercy of God has abounded to me and to others and to those in the fellowship of the brethren. And by the way, that's why God has called us to invite others into this fellowship. This fellowship is not, not unique to me. This fellowship is not unique to my church. This fellowship is not unique to one or two or 10 or 20 people. No, he's invited man into this fellowship. Hey, we write these things that you may have fellowship with us. And truly, this fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. That's why John wrote those things, that you might have fellowship with us. What is the fellowship? It's the cleansing of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the washing and regeneration, the renewal of the Holy Ghost. God will make you a new creature in Jesus Christ through the blood of Christ. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. That's an absolute. That's faith. That's David believing God. He knew he'd be clean. He knew he'd be washed. He's experienced the mercy of God. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. And then he said in verse 10, Create in me a clean heart. All oh, the joy of having a clean heart, a heart that's been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. One of the benefits of the mercies of God is a clean heart. We see the internal cleansing, the cleansing of the soul. We see that in the earlier passage, but we see here now God creates in us a clean heart. What does that mean? My heart's no longer bound in sin. Not the same person I once was. 
Not the same man I used to be and been washed in Jesus Christ. Created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Lord, restore me to where I was. Make my spirit within me right. Make my spirit an excellent spirit like Daniel's spirit. Give me that excellent spirit. You know, one of the great trademarks I've learned of godly people and spirit-filled people is just that people want to be around them. There's a joy of being around God's people that are spirit-filled. When they have that excellent spirit, that right spirit's been renewed in them. There's a joy of being around God's people that are spiritual people. They have that excellency of spirit, and you can converse with them and just want to be in the presence of them. Why? Because their love of Jesus Christ shows through above everything else in their life. And I've known some people like that in my life. And I want to thank God for the influence of those people in my life. May God create a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways. What does mercy teach us? Mercy also teaches us that we then can teach others about the mercy of God. It's been a great troubling to me over the years. I've listened to people that profess the name of Christ, yet you never see them teaching others of the mercies of God. Their testimonies are void of mercy. Their testimonies are void of wrongdoing. And if your testimony is void of wrongdoing, how can you know the mercy of God? If you don't know that you're a sinner, how can you obtain mercy? If you don't see yourself as ungodly before him, how can you obtain mercy? Listen, it's not the works of righteousness we've done anyway. I couldn't be good enough for God to save me. I couldn't be righteous enough for God to save me. It weren't possible in my own hand that I could be a good enough sinner that God could save me. I needed the mercies of God. I needed God to restore me, and others have taught me thy ways. And he said, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Why? Because of the mercy of God. Deliver me from blood guiltiness. There's the matter of Uriah the Hittite. There's the matter of adultery. He's been delivered from blood guiltiness, that avenger of blood, the slayer of man, hot on his trail, but he's been, he has been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else I would give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. By the way, there remaineth no other offering for sin. There's no burnt offering for adultery. There's no burnt offering for murder. There's no sacrifice to atone for the adultery that David has committed. There's nothing that can cleanse him. There's no blood of bulls or of goats. There's no cleansing that David is seeking outside of the mercy of God. He said this, Thou desirest not sacrifice. God doesn't want a lamb. He wants the lamb of God. Else I would give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. But the sacrifices of God are this, and this is what the Word of God says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. 
Lord, if I'll have a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, then you can receive my sacrifice. Lord, if I come unto you empty-handed, Lord, if I come unto you seeking mercy, if I come unto you seeking your tender mercies, the multitude of thy tender mercies, Lord, I'll obtain mercy when I come empty-handed. I come to the mercy of God, a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart God will not despise. Why aren't people saved today? They've never come to the mercy of God. Why haven't they come to the mercy of God? They really don't know how wrong they are. They really don't see how exceeding sinful they are before God. Those little sins that they've committed are grievous sins in the sight of God. Those little fornications and adulteries and thieveries and lusts and concupiscence and those revelings and riotous and those things that they're just so flippant about. They don't realize they've offended a holy God. And my sin is ever before me, David the psalmist said. And then he says of the Lord, he said, against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this wickedness in thy sight. All these things were done in the sight of God. Yet men don't realize the severity of the wrath of God. It's a judgment for sin. But when you find the mercy of God, you'll realize how vile you were. You realize how vile you are. You'll realize how wicked your own heart really is when God gives you mercy. And might I say as we close the podcast this Thursday, if you're in need of mercy, there's one place to find mercy. It's at the throne of grace. That's where you find mercy. It's in the person of Jesus Christ. Would you seek his mercy today? Thank you for tuning in. There's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption falleth not. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.